0: Welcome back to
1: Influencer Week on the MarTech
0: Podcast.
1: This week, we're doing a deep dive into one of the most impactful and cost-effective ways to drive growth, influencer outreach. Each day this week, we've been publishing an episode that covers how you can target, reach, create, and market influencer-related content. Joining us for Influencer Week is Dmitry Dragliev, who is the founder of JustReachOut.io, which is a SaaS tool used by more than 4,000 businesses, including Airbnb, HubSpot, Leadpages, even Nickelodeon. Just Reach Out helps you pitch relevant bloggers, influencers, and journalists to get exposure through press coverage without the help of using a PR firm. Outside of his work on Just Reach Out, Dimitri also runs the PR That Converts coaching program, which has helped over 500 entrepreneurs get publicity and go from hundreds to thousands of visitors per month within a few months. Dimitri has a wealth of information related to influencer outreach and public relations, and we're really excited to have him as our guest on the show. So far this week, we've talked about how to create an influencer target list, how to build relationships with influencers, even how to create great marketing assets when you're working with influencers. And today, we're going to talk about getting the most out of your influencer-related content. Here's the fourth installment of Influencer Week with Dmitry Dragliev from JustReachOut.io. Dmitry, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Good to be here. We've covered a lot of ground so far this week how to find influencers, how to find journalists, how to build a relationship with them, how to help them create their content. Let's fast forward to the part with great. I have worked with a journalist, I've built a relationship, and they've written this beautiful article that goes in whatever magazine or publication that they write for. Is that the end of the road? Or are we just done? We just hope that that article drives resonance, or is there another way to take advantage of that article once it's been published? How do you make the most out of your influencer content?
2: So when you create content, that content is going to get you some traffic, and it's just going to die after a while, usually. That's what happens with most of the content. And the sad statistic is 2% of content out there that people create actually gets read two to five percent or something like that. So it's kind of crazy to think that if you just create content and you put it out there, it's gonna keep giving you more and more traffic. So you must, with every kind of piece of content you create, have some type of a content marketing strategy that is designed to give you more and more traffic from that piece of content. Now in my case Brian Dean and I are really good friends. Early on, I started reading his blog and I employed a lot of the strategies and tactics he's taught in the course as well as on the blog. I've been a strong believer in organic and SEO law for a long time. So any kind of content that I put out or my eight writers write with me is designed to rank. If I'm writing a guest post, it's usually backlinking to a piece of content that's on my own blog. I have 25 pieces of content and they drive 30,000 monthly uniques. And I'm probably going to dwindle those down to maybe 10 or 15 here at the end of the year. So I'm going to kill the rest of them. At the beginning of two and a half years ago, I had 150 pieces of content. So less is more, less content is usually better. Improving your own content on your own blog is always the best thing you can do to keep getting more and more traffic from it. And then any kind of PR you do, any kind of outside of activity where you guest write for other publications or you get journalists to cover you, has to be somehow designed to get more and more organic traffic on your own site. Otherwise, it's just kind of a wasted effort a lot of times. You get featured somewhere, but the traffic kind of dies down.
1: One of the things that I think is interesting that companies do, specifically I've seen e-commerce companies do this, is they'll take a piece of content written in somebody else's voice and they'll be the one to promote it using like paid social ads. An example is, let's see, we interviewed the VP of marketing from Taft, which is a shoemaker for men's shoes. If Women's Wear Daily decides to publish an episode about them talking about how women are wearing men's shoes and they're a great fit for the brand, they will then take that article and do paid promotion to boost the visibility. And then when they see someone come to that website, when they know that there's a click, they're basically building a remarketing audience around people that are interested in that content because they know they've seen a positive message about them written in a third party's voice. Are there any other hacks in terms of driving more visibility to the story that's been written about you that you've seen other than paid promotion?
2: I have. And I'm blanking on the name of this company, but I used to do this a lot. So you're sitting there and you're Googling around and you find that all these blogs that are privately run, for example, are ranking really high for your key term. And that's what I used to do all the time, like 2012 and 2009 even. And I'd find all these bloggers and they're like ranking really high for, you know, how to do your own PR, how to do this or that. And I'm like, oh, this guy is just like one guy. Maybe it was like three guys or maybe 10. And I'm like, can I just borrow that content? So I would strike up deals with these bloggers. I would say, hey, listen, we're going to move that content to my site. It's going to sit on my site for five months. I'm going to pay you $300 a month. And then afterwards, guess what? I borrowed it. And I'm just going to give it right back to you. We're going to put it right back on your site and I'm just going to borrow your track for five months and we're going to see how it works out. If it converts over, maybe I should start writing about this stuff more. If not, then no harm done. I just wasted some money. So three years ago, I started getting these emails from these brokers which ended up asking me, Dimitri, we see that you're for this term. Would you like to give somebody your content for a few months for some money? And I was like, okay, so there's like people out there, services that now allow you to do this. And I think they guarantee the, the person paying a certain level of traffic. So they go out and then they'll borrow a bunch of content and negotiate with all these bloggers to get the content over to your site. So that works really fast in terms of traffic. Problem is like, usually it's not a sustainable long-term strategy.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say, if you're using a temporary redirect to drive someone's traffic to your site, which means that you're now the one ranking for that high term, eventually when you un-redirect, when you take the redirect away, the value is stripped out of your site, right? Aren't you penalized because all of a sudden you had this great traffic and now all of a sudden it's gone?
2: As long as it's properly done, I haven't seen huge impacts there with the content as long as there's no duplicate content. So you might get into trouble or murky area where the other site has the content on their site still because you can't control that. You can tell them to take it off, but you don't have any control over it. It's their content. Mm -hmm. And now you have the content on your site. They somehow still have the content on their site, they're 301 redirecting it to your site. Things get a little muddy and murky there. But if you know the people that you're dealing with, I haven't seen that much trouble. So I've done stuff like my buddy just did this. They go on GoDaddy auctions and they'll buy up domains that people want to get rid of. My buddy just bought something like these big companies, like Bankrate, right? They buy a bunch of domains and there's like three or four they don't like. So they just throw them out. It's like some bachelorette cash or something. Some woman blogger who had a site about money. And they're like, you know what? This doesn't fit in our portfolio. Just throw this thing out. So they put it up on auction. And I used to do this all the time. I'd buy up that site. So I'll buy the site. And then what do I do? I can't take this woman's content and her name and everything, put it up there. Because I'm not the one writing this stuff anymore. And this woman is probably going to have trouble with me posing as her now cuz she thought that the site went down and it was sold to someone else. So now I have to take that content and put my own info about it and I don't even have the content. All I did is I bought the domain. So I have to go and I scrape web archives, get all that content, put it back on my site that I bought, and then I have to be really careful stripping out all her name and all her info out of there. And once I have that up, then it's like my traffic should come back depending on how long the traffic was missing for. So they usually when the site goes up for auction, they'll take the site down and they're just selling the URL, right? They're hoping somebody will create new content under it. And here I am, I bought the con- the, the URL and now I'm going out.
1: And <laughs> Repurposing the same content. <laughs>
2: the same content. Google is like, yay, content came back. Almost immediately, you can start generating 15K a month off of AdSense on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you have to be careful and you also have to start writing brand new content So that's another hack. You can make really good money with content this way. There's thousands of blogs that go up on not even like Flippa. You can look at Flippa. You can look at GoDaddy Auction. There's tons of these places where you can buy these things. And you can go to the archives, get all the content that site used to have, put it back on there and start get that traffic almost right away. You just have to be sensible around it. Like what's your overall strategy? You're going to be creating more and more content around it. I just, like, have a long-term plan for it.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it Yeah, that's an interesting way to get value out of content, and I think it's a good hack. I'm not sure what it has to do with influencer outreach, but on the other hand, it's a nice way to drive traffic in a way that you probably haven't thought of before.
2: Well, influencer outreach, obviously the backlinks, right? So the backlinks used to be from those influencers. So when you buy a site that used to have backlinks, that is no longer existing, Those backlinks come from someone else that has backlinked to you at some point. Now you're buying all those influencers as well. So essentially relationships. It used to be Joe Smith that ran this blog and he somehow sold it or went away or something like that. Now you own the URL. You go scrape the old content, put it back on there. You take Joe Smith's name out of it. And now all the backlinks that used to point to your articles... Are coming in and your traffic is coming in now. You own that relationship. So when you email back to the influencer, whoever was backlinking to this new asset you acquired, it's like, all right, you can start conversations with all these people that already link to you. So you have to think about the backlink profile too.
1: That's really reverse engineering influencer outreach. You're buying a site that has been deprecated for the backlinks. You're recreating the content and saying, I'm the owner of that site now. Would you mind forwarding your backlinks over to this other site? Or let's talk about what our relationship looks like. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. You know, there's some murky waters. It's super hacky. (laughs) Hey, it's marketing though. It's one of those things that's worth a try. And it's technically, I don't know if it's new content or not. I'm not sure if I would put my stamp of approval on that strategy, but I bet you it's an effective one.
2: Yeah, people do it. If it was me, I'd probably create new content for the site that's very much similar to the old content and put it under the same URLs or something like that. I wouldn't go and scrape somebody's old content and then call it my own. But people do all sorts of stuff. And I don't think it's like completely illegal to go and take all the old stuff. I have no idea. I don't really know either. You know, my friend's done it. I've done some of that before. It's like not what I focus on nowadays, of course. But um, you can make some good money.
1: (laughs) Tell me more about building the relationships and getting, let's call it the more above board way to get traffic to your site from the content and influencers created from you. We talked about paid advertising, we talked about controlling the content, inserting the backlinks yourself. Any other hacks to get your content more visibility when somebody's writing a post about you?
2: We mentioned this in one of the earlier episodes this week, is when you answer questions on Quora, you can turn your answer into an article, and that's something people don't know about. Most people that I talk to, it's complete news to them. And it's Fortune, Forbes, HuffPo, all the major publications have a Quora account. This Quora account is designed to take the best answers that the editors think are the best in any of the topics that they're interested in and publish articles out of them. And they're full-fledged articles with links that are do follow links exactly as they appear in your Quora answer. So that becomes somewhat of a cool little hack that people forget about. A, you can reference somebody and give them credit in your core answer. B, you can actually get published. My friend does this for a living. So he actually perfected the whole process and he does pay for performance too only. So only when the thing gets published, he'll get paid for it. But in general, if you've never been published anywhere before and you're brand new to this thing. This might be an option for you where all you got to do is you got to go on Quora and have the best damn answer for a specific question in a format that that publication publishes in. And I think that would be a good hack to add to your arsenal.
1: So, is that just any topic and Forbes or whatever the other companies that are combing Quora for answers? They'll turn them into articles. So, basically, just be a Quora content creator and that will lead to. Influencer in public relations publishing?
2: Yeah. Essentially, it's a writer who writes the answer as you on Quora, tells you to submit it as an answer to a specific question. They pick the question, they write the answer as you, you approve it, you publish it, they write it, and then that's it. They arrange for this thing to be picked up and published as an actual article on Fast Company or Inc.,
1: Okay, so it's the Fast Company journalist is saying, can everybody answer this question on Quora? I'm going to turn this into an article.
2: No, if you ever looked at it, it looks like an actual article by you under the contributor name Quora on Fast Company. So if you look at Fast Company or Inc., it has a Quora contributor account. So you can basically look at all the answers that it has on there. Mm -hmm. I think Slate does this too, where if you go to slate.com, you slash Quora contributor or something like that, or authors.quora underscore contributor, you'll see all the questions there. It's like, how can you help students cope with getting college rejections? Or what is the most fulfilling part of being a professor? And if you click, it's an actual answer from somebody on Quora, if you click through. But if you click on that link, it's still on Slate. It's just they pulled it from Quora. Interesting.
1: Interesting. Any other last hacks before we let you go today for how to make the most out of the content influencers and journalists are creating for you?
2: No, I think let's just do it. I have uh, probably given a decent amount. People are probably just buzzing with all the different things I mentioned.
1: My favorite topic is going and buying domains that have been deprecated and then (laughs) recreating the content and pointing the backlinks towards yourself. That's brilliant. That wraps up this episode of the Martech podcast. Thanks to Dmitry Dragliev from Just Reach Out for joining us. If you'd like to learn more of Dmitry's tips for building a great influencer strategy, we're publishing an episode every day this week and we've got one left. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we'll discuss how to evaluate the success of your influencer marketing campaigns. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Dimitri, you can go to the link in our show notes to read his bio or go to justreachout.io. If you're a subscriber to the Martech podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. If you have questions, comments, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, feel free to click the contact us link in our show notes or reach out on Twitter or on LinkedIn. Company handle is Ben J. LLC and my personal handle is Ben J. If you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to the rest of Influencer Week, we've got great episodes lined up over the next couple of weeks. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.